What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Too Much Test Podcast, episode 39. I'm here with Sam Stolt. You can check out any of the stuff that we're involved in in the links below. This episode is sponsored by thetriggeredbrand.com. Go check them out for all of your research needs. But uh, without all the, the intros, what's going on, Sam? How are you doing? Well, what's good? It's been a while since we did one of these episodes. I'm, uh, I decided to shave the head for anybody who's listening. I completely am bald at this point. And I have a uh, pussy tickler. I have a mustache that is pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I feel like I'm about to, like Sam's about to sell me some Coke and from the 70s. <laughs> That's what I feel like. And I hope I didn't make that joke on the last one like a month ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't what, Did I? Have I had my head shaved that long? I don't know. I don't know. I know you've had the mustache for a hot minute, though. Yeah, I was uh, going to shave it. And um, I was like, hey, babe, I think I'm going to shave this in the next couple of days. And she's like, oh, no, don't do that. And I was like, Serious? seriously, you want me to leave this like mustache, this kind of fucking hilarious looking on my face? And she was like, yeah, it looks good. So I was like, okay. Uh, Variety is the spice of life. So <laughs> we were just talking about uh, a peptide that I am not very familiar with, but I have seen it mentioned. It's AOD, what, 9064, something like that? Yes, yes. Okay, so this peptide is is fascinating right so i have some stuff pulled up in the background that i'm going to kind of to review on this um you're even saying that this would be a pep something that i might want to research with based on my body composition <laughs> <laughs> for for uh to drop some body fat um so to give like context of what this is if you if you look at something like uh hdh frag right this is the fragment of HGH, right? HGH is a amino acid string of 190, it's a sequence of 191 um, amino acids. So I, how I think about amino acids is like, I think of a protein as like a of words. I think of a amino acid string as a word as like an entire sentence and then the individual words as peptides, right? Because we always have these fragments of like BPC, right? Is a fragment of a larger sequence of amino acids. And then that larger sequence, if it was even bigger, would be a protein. So that's where you get like the paragraph, the sentence, and the individual word. Well, HGH fragment is the tail end of HGH, so you have 191 amino acids, that's HGH. You you basically take uh, 176 to 191 portion of HGH, and that's frag HGH. Well, that I believe has, uh, increases IGF-1 levels uh, and can affect insulin too. I don't know for that for sure, but I think it has an effect on your blood sugar levels as well as you desensitize to frag. So it's essentially a lot of the, the some of the, the negative things about human growth hormone, I think is what Sam's saying. And maybe not 100% the exact same. It looks like Sam's uh, internet needs actually some PEDs. It looks like it's struggling a little over there. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take over and ramble for a few minutes, but 
I mean, I think essentially, you know, with the frag, it's basically like a portion of human growth hormone. So it can still cause some of the negative side effects associated with HGH. But what Sam was saying is that he was telling me is that uh, this AOD 9064, which seems to be gaining in popularity, is, is, almost, is very similar in how it works, if not more of a copy of the, uh, the frag amino acids. Um, but it's able to be taken orally. And Sam was saying that he believed that it did have some type of FDA something to where it's deemed generally safe. So maybe Sam could elaborate. It looks like he gave about 10 milligrams of trend to his, uh, his uh, internet connection to get it, to get it moving and cranking up again. So uh, there was definitely some issues with my internet. I've actually been thinking about switching to uh, like Starlink, right? Like the, the you know space. But my internet is trash, and I feel the best internet out here, and like the highest level of internet. It is straight up just garbage. Like you're at home, and you're on your I'm at home, and I'm on my computer all day long. And you put it every little thing that it drops on, and it is straight up utter garbage here. Uh, you want to say hi? Yeah, your internet's a little rough. That was a little jumbled. Um, but while while it's well, I'll let Sam Sam's uh, internet recover. But um, essentially, what AOD nine zero six four is, it's and what well, I guess I'll go into. I know a little bit about HGH frag, but HGH frag is essentially, you know, what they were looking to do is figure out what portion or what sequence of the amino acids in human growth hormone are actually responsible responsible for helping people lose weight, burn fat. Um, and they came up with the, the frag 176 through 191. And it seems like this uh, AOD supplement, or possibly supplement peptide, kind of mimics that. Um, and Sam had some study out of Australia where they basically banned PEDs altogether. You guys in Australia are fucked. The fact that you guys live on an island and everything has to come through a port, that kind of sucks. In America, at least people, we can like, we can funnel shit up through Mexico. We can funnel shit down from Canada. Like we kind of got like drug dealers on both sides of it. Because <laughs> we got these giant borders on either side of the country. Yeah, like we provide the guns, you guys provide the drugs, and we party. <laughs> North America, baby, North America. Yes. Did you, uh, Andre? Thank you for coming here. What's y'all? Uh, what's up, y'all? Just wanted to say I would definitely be interested in a non-stem pump product from the Trigger brand, Andre. Uh, I would be interested in that too, and I wouldn't be interested in bringing out another. Stim product because um, I think there's enough of those out there. I would much rather have a bigger pump. So it might be might be in the works. But let's go back to AOD. Um, so AOD because my internet seems to be working okay now is a modified version of Fragment, right? The Frag HGH, the so 176, 191. So it's a tiny little peptide. It was originally developed as an anti anti obesity drug due to its fat-burning properties. This peptide not only has fat-burning properties, but it also has the effect of like stopping the um, buildup or, or like the storage process, it's lipogenesis, I think it's called, of new fat, right, which is awesome. And uh, as uh, TYL mentioned, it's orally bioavailable very high oral bioavailability, which is freaking awesome. There is no effect on IGF-1 levels. And some people in the 
you know, biohacking type of community, longevity community, don't like IGF-1, right? In the bodybuilding community, we like IGF-1. In that community, they don't because there's a, a you know, potentially a little bit of evidence or like one or two studies that show higher higher levels of IGF-1 could be associated with cancer or like death or, you know, reduced longevity, right? Well, <clears throat> this doesn't affect that. So I'm going to pull up uh, this study here from Australia. So this is from a couple years ago. And then if you want to uh, actually go through and read part of this out here, starting at the top from 2004. Uh, obesity drug codenamed AOD9604, highly successful in trials. So uh, this might be something that triggered brand carriers in the future. <laughs> An Australian-owned obesity drug developed by Melbourne-based biotechnology company Metabolic Pharmaceuticals Limited is set to enter final human trials next year after successful completing phase 2B human trials, which proved that the drug reduces weight, I'm sorry, induces weight loss and is very well tolerant tolerated with no evidence of the side effects commonly experienced with obesity drugs. So they, uh, not only is it effective, but they tested it at multiple different dosages here, which I find fascinating that the smaller dose was more effective. Uh, mm. the drug, the drug, which stimulates metabolism by of body fat is the first of its kind in the world. All other obesity drugs artificially reduce appetite or food absorption. So we have tesofensine, which is reduction of appetite, as well as increasing metabolic rate. And then we have, uh, what's that other one? It starts with an M, but it says GLP-1 agonist, like semaglutide. Oh, Moonjaro. Moonjaro, similar to semaglutide, but it has an effect on reducing one's appetite. Well, this is interesting. The drug codenamed AOD-1. Uh, 9604 was taken orally, which is awesome because most peptides are injection, uh, once daily by 300 obese patients at five trial sites over a 12-week period. Six dosages were given, six different ones, um, zero, so that's a placebo, one milligram, five milligram, 10 milligram, 20, and 30 milligrams. So you would think like a lot of the times these have a ramp up, meaning like one milligram is effective, five is even more effective, 10, right? Because this is how we think as Americans, right? Like <laughs> the bigger the dose, the better, right? Yeah. Um, and that wasn't the case. The group receiving one milligram dose lost the most weight, averaging a weight loss over the 12 weeks of 2.4 kilograms. What is that? Uh, 2.8 kilograms. I'm sorry. Thank you. 2.8. What is that? It's like six, six pounds, roughly, if I had to take a Australian guess. <laughs> right? That's pretty good. Six pounds. More than triple the weight loss of the placebo, who lost an average of 0.8 kilograms. The rate of weight loss was maintained throughout the treatment and encouraging trend for expectations of longer-term dosing. So, like, another thing that is commonly seen when they do these is if you take something, say, for 12 weeks or 16 weeks, the initial period, you have like a spike up in terms of effectiveness because you, you're stimulating your body in a new way. And then that tends to trickle down over time. And that wasn't happened. It was like a spike up. And then that just held consistently throughout the 12, 12 weeks here. Uh, now, when which, was this, when was the study done? 2004. Yeah. So, so that, so obviously, I mean, it, it sounds like this drug, 
it sounds fantastic, but it didn't make it to FDA approval. Um, but everyone's who's using it apparently seems to have a pretty good effect. So this is just one of those medicines that seems to work really well, never really seems to make it to market. Um, but all the other, a lot of the shit that makes it to the market is fucking trash. Um, you know, like rad 140 helps with prostate stuff. Um, BPC 157, TB5, pretty much anything that's a research chemical for the most part is something that's worked really well, but has never made it as an actual medication. So, I mean, I'd be interested to see why this didn't make it, but I mean, overall, it seems pretty damn interesting. I mean, if it's mimicking HGH frag and it's orally bioavailable, that's... Uh, and, and you don't desensitize to it like you yeah. do with, you know, that's this freaking awesome. I'd be interested in seeing what makes this peptide orally bioavailable and to see, I'm pretty sure that if they were able to in the last 18 years, figure out what made this, they would add this to other peptides to make them bioavailable, but um, it'd be interesting to see. So what I, what I was able to find was, so FRAG is 176 to 191. Mm-hmm. Um, where I believe AOD 9604 is 177 to 191. So there's a slight difference in, in which um, uh, amino acids are in uh, this peptide. But also then they added one additional pe- um, amino acid called tyrosine. I don't know what tyrosine does, but I believe that's stuck on either end of it. And I think that has something to do with the half-life and the stability in the system but also could have something to do with the oral bioavailability of it. Because imagine if you could just do this with frag too. Yeah. Imagine if you could do this with every peptide. That'd be awesome. I mean, you know, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. BPC is bioavailable. Um, well, MK677. That's a random. I'll jump in because I know we want to talk about tesofensine as well because that's one, that one's getting really popular and that's supposed to be a really cool, cool medicine. But I am actually... I'm probably the heaviest I've been and what I feel is the leanest that I've been in a while. Um, so I'm actually, I got down to like roughly 211 and then I weighed myself after a party where I did eat a good amount of food and I was 222 and now I'm back to about one two seventeen. but I've been, I was, I've been on 250 milligrams of test, hundred milligrams of DECA and then I've also been doing 10 milligrams of Rad 140 Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And uh, so far, it's been a pretty good stack for me. I haven't had any issues with drying out on the Rad 140 because I'm taking the 100 milligrams of DECA. So normally the DECA adds some water weight, which I do feel it has. But the Rad 140 dries you out a little bit, but I haven't gotten the dry joints or anything. And so I'm actually feeling somewhat probably the leanest and biggest, probably the overall biggest I've been in a while. And you've you've weighed more than two seventeen before, right? Oh, well, I mean, you're talking about like on like you know like since I've actually lost weight from being a fat ass, not on TRT. Yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I've probably I've probably weighed in at like two twenty five, two thirty. But like, I mean, what was, your, what was just, your heaviest? What was the most you ever weighed? Most I ever weighed that I actually weighed myself was two forty seven. So okay, so two forty seven. Yeah. Do you feel that you're bigger now than you were at two forty seven? Oh, well, 247. Yeah, I was fat. That was before I even started TRT. That was just like, that was just being fat. I mean, I've always been kind of a big person, big arms, big legs, but oh yeah. (laughs) 
but yeah, I just, I just feel like I'm the biggest I've been. And if I cut out the DECA, uh, then I feel like I would, I would probably drop five, five pounds, maybe of water weight, maybe even be a little leaner, but I don't even care. <laughs> How has, have you changed? So you, you've got 250 TRT, hundred milligrams of DECA, RAD for research. Obviously, we're, we should probably mention too that this is not a recommendation or endorsement. No. This is strictly for educational purposes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then rad three times a week on on training days. I'm assuming, right? Not necessarily on training days. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I mean, I try to work out five days a week, but those are Tuesdays legs. I don't care about that. Wednesday or Thursdays shoulders. Uh, I can't be, I'm, my shoulders are still kind of jacked up. So I've been going pretty light. So those are kind of like my heavy, that's chest, back, and then uh, traps, biceps, triceps. So those are the days I'm taking rad. But rad has like roughly, what, a 60-hour half-life? So I mean, in theory, it's throughout the system, you know, throughout my system throughout the week. But I'm just kind of doing that, you know, that kind of sporadic, not sporadic, but um, not I like consistently that. dosing, you know, well, Saturday, you- Sunday. What is your what is your dose of of rad? Ten milligrams, nothing crazy. I mean, I'm just I'm just using it as kind of an addition, you know. Something. I mean, I have gotten I've taken rad before every day, and you know, I've gotten a little bit of hair shedding from it, and it has dried me out. And toward the end of a cycle, I'd say probably like five weeks, five, six, seven, it's given me kind of headaches, um, and I haven't really noticed that since it's just spacing it out like that. You know, and I think it kind of goes to the less is more kind of thing, you know. Um, and then I'm going to completely switch it up here soon. I'm going to drop the DECA. I'm going to drop the RAD140. I'm going to switch to MK677 for research. And this will be my first foray into the HGH world. So never done it before. Really scared that it's going to make me hungry and I'm going to eat like a fat ass and balloon back up. Oh, this is, that'll be interesting. So you're going to do, um, what, 20 milligrams a day? Or are you going to do a similar approach where you do like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Um, I think to try it out at first, I'm going to do it probably five days on, two days off. Just see, I want to see the full effect of it. Um, more of it, that was as an experiment just because I've never tried it before. And I want to see how I react to it. So if I ever did want to jump, to five days a week, I know what to expect. Um, but I'm interested. I'm interested to see if it helps my shoulder out a little bit. I'm just interested. I mean, what what would I expect to feel a little fuller? I know sleep better. I've heard hunger is a real big one. The hunger is not necessarily for everybody, though, because like for me on MK677, I research with it regularly and uh, I have been for quite a long time, often, often on, right? Maybe weeks off at a time. And then on, you know, like one to five days a week for several weeks or months at a time and then off again. But the hunger doesn't affect me. Uh, I remember reading a study where they did it. This is like older people, like 55 plus or something. And they were giving them 25 milligrams a day of MK677. And they did it for two years. Uh, and they, they noticed one in, in like the text in the paper, they were talking about how there was an increase in hunger for some portion of the people, but that is just a, uh, transitory thing. It wasn't like permanent. And they said that it went in, in the paper, they said it went down over time where I've never really had an issue with like the hunger. So I don't think the hunger affects everybody like the same. Maybe it's you 
desensitized to the shit because I've been researching with this with MK off and on yeah. for years and years. Like that could easily be the case. Um, uh, the the best thing, the thing that I notice the most, I don't notice any effect on sleep unless I take it at nighttime. Like a lot of times I'll take it pre-workout just because I remember to take it pre-workout. Otherwise I won't remember to take it at nighttime. <laughs> um, but if I take it at nighttime, I definitely notice this, notice the effect on sleep, especially if I haven't taken it at night before. What's, what's going to be your goal as you utilize this during this next phase? I mean, I think I'm looking for more of the overall like like healing properties of it. I mean, not I mean, I just wanted to kind of hey, I really just want to try it. I mean, sleep wise, if I can get a little bit better sleep, listen, I'm not gonna complain about that. If I can put on a little bit of muscle, not gonna complain either. But for majority, I'm looking more of like the healing aspect. Um, I'll feel actually I have a quick and easy recipe that I two recipes actually, one of them that I've been doing, one of them that I want to that I'm gonna make here this later this week. So this is real simple, real easy. And actually, our old friend Dave, who used to be on this podcast, actually talked about this. So this is real simple. So I make rice in the rice cooker, right? Got your white rice, whatever rice you want. Take chicken breast. Cook it either in the crock pot, oven, shred it up after it cools. Shred it up. And then basically I take shredded chicken breast, add some rice to it, put a little bit of soy sauce in the bottle, and then bone broth on top and throw it in the microwave. And it's, it's just like a soup. The bone broth has some protein. The soy sauce has a nice little bit of kick of salt. And then you've got the rice and the chicken. And if you want to switch it out for carbs, you just put vegetables instead of the rice. And so you've got another bowl. So you can kind of bulk and lean whichever one you want. Oh, and it, are you doing, is that like probably very convenient to do? It is. I mean, literally I pull out the tubs, chicken, rice, soy sauce, bone broth, microwave, done. So that's real easy. And then I saw another recipe uh, that I haven't made yet that I'm going to make this week, and it looks really good. So check this out. So real simple as well. That's why I love these simple recipes. Lean ground beef. Very simple, right? Rice, brown, white, whatever. I like jasmine personally. Mix those two together. And then instead of like sour cream or anything like that, you're just going to use plain uh, Greek yogurt. So plain Greek yogurt, add that, um, fat-free cheese, and then taco seasoning. And, and you, so you're kind of make like a creamy kind of like taco type thing. Um, and you can put it on a taco if you want, or you could just eat it raw. And it sounds like it's pretty damn good. That uh, does actually sound really good. I've tried it with the Greek yogurt and then it's protein on top of protein, which is delicious when you do the protein on top of protein. I've been doing a lot of the carnivore. So like I think that'll go to Sam. Those go to this question right here. How does Sam train so light and comparing to others, but seems to build a lot of muscle? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's Jay Cutler is actually Sam's dad. I don't know. He's been trying to. <laughs> I'm actually really light right now. I'm like in my low 220s, uh, which for me, is it feels like it's light. Um, I'm actually increasing my calories. Although today I found one meal, uh, which I just felt like I was like sitting on a computer and I was like, damn, I should get more shit done. And I didn't want to get up from the computer. So I just haven't eaten today. But the carnivore diet, say like with the other day, I had steak, eggs and bacon for breakfast. Like what kind of fucking food? And and if there's a perception, at least that I have always had that uh, red meat or like steak was expensive. But if you go to all these, 
um, a steak that's around one pound is like five or six bucks, right? Seven, maybe seven bucks, depending on, you know, somewhere between five bucks and nine or 10 bucks, depending on the cut you get, right? But a lot of times, like a cube steak or a top something or whatever round or top cut of some fucking steak is somewhere around six, seven bucks. So I'll get those and I'll get a boatload of them and actually just stock up on the stock up on them. And I feel amazing. The cravings like for other carbohydrate rich foods, I'm not actually enjoy. I don't even have those cravings anymore. Um, Mike says Tony huge said he does not take finasteride due to asteroid as he wants to maximize sex drive and strong erections. Is it possible to do that while on a, five alpha reductase inhibitor um have you ever researched have you ever done I'll, I'll tell i'll talk about it after you're done but have you ever tried finasteride or, or deuterasteride i haven't i've had no reason to luckily hair wise i've never had an issue or needed to block dht but i mean i think just overall i mean you know i mean if you're blocking dht which is a very powerful hormone i mean that's part of your libido you know so i, I mean that'd be my guess as to why tony said that I, uh, I, I, when I researched with, uh, finasteride, um, I did it sparingly like how TYL is doing for the rad 140. And I only did it sync maybe once or twice a week. I really didn't want to lower my DHT levels because it does play a role in sex drive and how you just feel as a man, right? Like if you kill your DHT levels, you feel a little bit less like a man because that's where you get a lot of the aggressiveness. Not aggressiveness as in like lunatic type of aggressiveness, but like <laughs> the assertiveness, right? The the man portion of, of it, you feel like from DHT. Uh, is it possible to do that while on it? I mean, my buddy who has super low testosterone has been on finasteride for quite a long time. I'm not sure how his sex drive is, but he's still with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong with that yeah that's interesting i mean it's it's oh finasteride, are you finasteride is kind of like a remedex for dhd it kind of just blocks all that conversion systemically throughout the body so i mean it's, it's one of those interesting medicines where it's very powerful and if you take too much of it or if you don't react well to having low dhd that can can mess you up i mean you know, a better a better alternative in my opinion um mike is RU58841. It's a anti-androgen um, that you apply topically. So it, I think I have one around here somewhere, but you apply it topically and it binds to the DHT receptor. So when you take dudasteride or finasteride, those bind to the 5-alpha reductase, right? They bind to the 5-alpha reductase enzyme and basically that stops testosterone from converting to DHT. So the net effect is your serum levels, like the total amount of DHT in your body comes down over time due to asteroids a lot stronger than uh, finasteride. But RU doesn't go systematic, meaning you apply it on your scalp and it does not reduce your DHT levels throughout your whole body. It just binds to the DHT receptors in your scalp so that DHT cannot get there. So I was... I'm still a much bigger fan of RU58841 than I am um, finasteride or deuteasteride. I'm just not a fan of those in any way, shape, or form. 
Jay, uh, everything. Good morning or afternoon. Uh, keto mornings are the way to go. hundred percent agree. Chad, I, I love Don. I love Chad's uh, last name, Donner Schwantz. <laughs> What's up, Chad? <laughs> Vic, uh, I'd like to get finasteride without seeing a doc. How come you guys can <laughs> duplicate other stuff, but not things like that? Well, um, there are things that are drugs that lots of companies will sell that. So basically you can, you can find finasteride. If you hit me up or TYL on Instagram, um, it's, what is it? Test your levels at test your levels on Instagram, or just mine is right here. Uh, you, you'll, we'll, we'll tell you where to find finasteride. I think, <laughs> I but you don't know, know where, where. <laughs> you don't know where. Okay. So <laughs> hit, hit, for it. Hit, hit me up. I can, I can tell you where I can tell you where to go. <laughs> I don't, I don't sell it, but there, there are certain things that you can that are classified as research compounds where like the triggered band, uh, finasteride is not a research compound. So it gets into a little bit of like a, you know, it's like t- selling testosterone basically, right? Like yeah, there's lots of dudes who do that, but it's not a category that I really want to get into. You want to read this one from Hackers? I was going to, I was going to, I was going to give one quick recipe and just a quick story. Um, so what I've been doing is like meal prep on Sunday is I buy just the straight up cartons of egg whites, right? Just the pure egg whites, and I just cook, dude. I could just cook egg whites, egg whites with some uh, this like salt, pepper, garlic seasoning, and then at the end I sprinkle a little bit of fat free cheese, make a whole bunch of them, and I eat them every morning. Now here's a random random story. So I was walking through Walmart. I go to grab a bottle and I don't know, they were out of the ones I normally get. So I grabbed the other one. Same shit, right? Well, there's a difference between the liquid egg whites and the egg beaters. You ever seen the egg beaters that look yellow? So I'm, I'm pouring in there and I'm like, what the fuck? I, I got the wrong damn ones. No big deal. So I'm sitting there as I'm cooking them and I'm reading the ingredients on these yellow ones. Bro, the fucking ingredients are insane on there. 10 different things that I can't even read. And it's all this shit just to make the eggs look yellow, basically. But it's just like, it's like literally a list of ingredients that is not necessary and is probably bad for you just in those little egg whites. So imagine how many people every day are eating those egg beaters that look yellow uh, and with a bunch of extra chemicals in there instead of just the straight egg whites. Wow. Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, are completely blind to that and have no idea. That is crazy. Too. Damn. Um, there's, who is it? Come to see if I can pull this video up. Carnivore MD. You've heard of him, right? I think I've mentioned him before. Carn- yeah, you have. Okay. So there is a video that he put out. And I want to show you this because this is something that if you've been watching the show or listening to the show, we talk about or have brought up multiple times. If also highly recommend checking this guy out on Instagram, uh, carnivore, uh, MD, he's a doctor. Uh, we're going to pull this up and listen to this. Cholesterol guidelines are, let me see if I can get us. The U S cholesterol guidelines are highly suspect in 2004. The National Cholesterol Education Panel lowered the threshold for what is considered to be high cholesterol based on no new scientific data. As a result, millions more people, including someone with cholesterol numbers that look just like mine, were deemed to have high cholesterol and were eligible for recommendation of a statin medication overnight. But it gets worse. 
it was later discovered that eight of the nine members of the National Cholesterol Education Panel had financial ties what the fuck? to statin manufacturers. What the f***? This raises some serious questions about the motivations and possible conflicts of interest of members of this committee and calls into question their decision to lower the guidelines for what is considered a high cholesterol. Statin drugs are a $15 billion industry. They're certainly indicated in some individuals, but I have major concerns that they are significantly overprescribed and that their side effects are severe and often ignored. Um, so, so hopefully that paused. That's crazy. Right anytime, any, oh, it's so fucking cholesterol. I mean, dude, the government's fucked up on every nutritional thing they've ever recommended to us. Carbs for breakfast. The base of a healthy diet is carbs. Who do you think paid to get that shit on there? Kellogg's, the guy's grain. I mean, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, America is known for, for making grain, so it would make sense. Well, yeah, we want our people to eat a shit ton of grain, strengthen our economy. I get it, but that's bullshit. It's not good for you. And then this cholesterol thing. I know that in the in the 80s, 90s growing up, eggs were bad. Red meat's bad. Um, I saw a post from, what's her name? Nicole Arbor or something. She's more of a political girl, pretty blonde girl. Pretty blonde girl. Anyway, <laughs> moving forward. Um, <laughs> but she posted something and it was like, uh, it's like, yeah, red meat, the thing we've eaten for the past 17,000 years that's helped us evolve into, into what we are now is the problem. And that's what's killing us. Not the seven aisles of like barely edible cardboard that's on the shelves, and I was like, makes a lot of fucking sense, you know. Uh, this so this is hilarious that you actually uh, brought this up. Um, just recently, uh, there's a city in I think the Netherlands um, that has banned that has banned ads for guess what meat. You know, the fucking thing that we've been eating for centuries to survive as human beings because they're pushing a narrative. This is like asinine. So there's a city in, in, in the Netherlands, um, Dutch city, to ban meat ads in first in the world. Like this shit's going to be coming to a town near you with these fucking morons in office. Like there is not anything helpful about this at all whatsoever. That's why when, when if I talk about carnivore diet, you hear somebody talk about carnivore diet, just eating basically animal-based products with some fruit, and you're like, oh wow, this is kind of weird, right? Well, then remember, you got to put two things together, two pieces together to understand carnivore diet. First of all, you don't need to understand dick all about carnivore diet, right? You might think you do because you're like, oh, I'm eating this every day. But in reality, you need to understand two things. What does the media do? Perpetually lie to your face. What does the media tell you to do? Eat lots of vegetables and greasy, lean shit. So what do you, if all you need to do is understand those two things. Media is, doesn't have any truth or the best interest of the people who watch it when they, that's not their North Star. Right, but they they lie to you nonstop, and they tell you to eat plants and vegetables, and like Ty was saying, and grains and all that garbage. That is literally all you need to understand, even before you dive into like understanding the health benefits of a carnivore based diet. Those two things right there, you're like those two things by itself should be enough weight 
for you to just be like, okay, cool. Completely changing my lifestyle from what I ha- was doing to a carnivore based diet based on that. And then think about like what's with what that uh, carnivore MD mentions about the study from 2004 in terms of cholesterol. They changed that. And like, if I have stock that I'm getting dividends in these pharmaceutical companies and I have the capacity to change the regulations or the guidelines that are these spineless doctors just use as a reference point without, you know, a lot of, you know, functioning gray matter between their ears, right? They're just going to like, hey, TYL said it was okay, right? So then they're going to use these guidelines to put people, put more people on drugs, and then they can get kickbacks from these drug companies. And the nine people on the nine of 10 or whatever it was on the oversight board can get like a bonus or whatever. You you don't think it makes sense to pay each one of those people a hundred grand to lower this so that you can increase your sales by billions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I mean, just as a random, I mean, so I sell a freaking estrogen supplement, you know, for, for the, the same idea as if I was on some committee that was making the standard rules for TRT and, you know, I sell this shit and I'm like, yeah, guys, this estrogen super dangerous. Let's uh, let's knock down those markers so that we can sell more of my supplement. I mean, it's the same idea. It's just on a bigger scale. I was listening to Joe Rogan and freaking uh, I mean, it's like advertisements on TV are 75 percent from pharmaceutical companies. 75% of the advertising on TV is pharmaceutical companies. So if you're MSN, CBS, even, I mean, Fox, CNN, all those companies, like your salary is being paid by the pharmaceutical company. So you're going to say whatever the fuck they want you to say. You know, imagine I come in and I'm like, listen, I pay your paycheck, bud. You go tell these people that. And you're like, well, I don't really want to. And you're like, okay, well, you want 25% of your paycheck this week? And you're like... Yeah, I kind of got to pay bills. Well, fuck it. Let's get the jab. Everyone needs a jab. It's it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, yeah, you know this, what? No one 300 years ago, they just killed a, a fucking lion. We're like, Bill, your cholesterol levels are pretty high, bud. Maybe uh, maybe you shouldn't be eating the lion today. You know what I'm saying? This this is here. this is pretty crazy. So I pulled this up in in um, in 2020. The pharmaceutical industry. Um, on advertising in the United States on national television, da, 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 big shift in. Da, 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 okay, in 2020, TV ad spending of the pharma industry accounted for 75 percent of total ad spend. Holy shit, bro! And they were saying that it's possibly even higher on like news channels as opposed to other channels. Wow, so they're they're putting out pharmaceuticals for shit. I didn't even know people had a problem with. They have an ad for like if your eyes like stick out too far. They have some eye drops that make your eyes like you know people who kind of have little buggier eyes. Like it's supposed to like pull your eyes in like 0.2 millimeters or something like that. And it's like you know I didn't even know that was an issue. And then it's side effects, blindness, bleeding from the eyes. You know, uh, where does where does this lead? Like where does this path lead as a country? Right. Like if you play this out, where does this lead to? Because then when shit that actually comes out and it works, like peptides are an amazing example, or uh, s- supplements, right? Like the no AI or something like that, or things like that that come out that are awesome and 
then the pharmaceutical company co- companies come after the shit that actually works. Like, at what point does the scale tip? Right, we're 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 experiencing this same thing happening with the school system. Right, we all know the school system's effing broken. It's a joke, right? You don't learn how to live life in school, right? You don't how to you don't learn how to communicate in school, right? It's a free ride to fucking dick off and be indoctrinated by people who don't give a shit about you. That's all. And what point does this scale flip, right? The school system's broken. We're all aware of that. My kids are definitely not going to school. If you have kids, your your kids are, I'm sure, are, you're probably not going to. I mean, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't want to speak for you. Do you I think don't have kids? I'm not having kids. I'm good. I'm not <laughs> yeah, going to college. Your shit's free. Would you, if you do have kids, would they ever? Would you ever have them go to co- um to to school? I or wouldn't would you want them to, but I don't want to teach them either. I got. But, but, but bro, but bro, <laughs> they don't learn anything in school. If they literally just sat and watched you all day work, they would learn more shit than they do in school. Probably, probably right. <laughs> It's scary, man. I mean, I think eventually at some point it's going to get to the point where supplements are banned. They're going to have to be FDA regulated. Um, So, you know, vitamin C, vitamin D, stuff like that. I mean, there's going to and then you have to make it so only certain companies, you know, can afford the licenses and the testing to say that their vitamin C is 100 percent pure. Um, So then you filter out. So then you have just a certain amount of bigger companies that are able to produce supplements. And then the, the pharmaceutical companies and the government can lean on them to pull products, pull, take out stuff. I mean, that's essentially where I think it's going to go in my opinion. Uh, and, and uh, I think it starts with people like us, right? Because in one sense, we, even though there's not a lot of people listening to this at this moment necessarily, right? There might be hundreds of people that listen to this episode. By the way, if you guys like this episode, make sure you take a second to share this out because that's how we actually grow. We're not doing any advertising or anything like that. So if you, if you enjoy the show, share this with somebody else or tell somebody about it. It's on all your baby, all, all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. Uh, but it's it's people like us, right? The people who are listening to this, it's like you and myself who go through and have conversations with people with opposing views and just get them to start using what that what God's already given them between their ears so that they start thinking instead of regurgitating BS that, that, that doesn't require any thinking. You know what I mean? To like move forward in life. Have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? I know you're not big on TV, but have you ever seen that movie? No. Did you see this comment? I did. That's what I was laughing about. Send your son to school in the morning. He comes back home a woman. (laughs) I would not want to try to be raising a strong, healthy young male in this world. You know, like, I don't even want to go down this path. I'm going to jump back to Idiocracy. Go ahead, please. I saw that comment. You send your kid to school. His kid's six years old. You know, he's just a normal kid. He's in kindergarten, whatever. And he starts playing the little Barbie doll. And then the teacher's like, oh, shit, Billy wants to transition. Billy wants to be a little girl. And I'm like, no, he was playing with the doll. He's six years old. Let him do what he wants. He doesn't, don't worry about his shit. He's just fine. He'll figure out his own stuff. But the movie Idiocracy, great movie. Um, It's got Terry Crews is actually the president of an idiocracy. So it's set in the future. It's essentially the the population is just a bunch of fucking morons. So the main character, I think it's Zach Brath. Uh, maybe it could be wrong. He like he wakes up and from like a time machine type stuff and he's in the future. 
and everyone in the future is just a complete moron. And uh, like they all drink, it's like basically like Gatorade and they, and they feed their crops Gatorade and all the crops are dead. So there's no food. And it's like the crops love Gatorade. That's what the crops love. And it's essentially just like everyone is just dumbed down. There's just one big company that pushes a bunch of, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. It's basically like if the pharmaceutical industry had like their utopia, this is what it is. A bunch of idiots taking all the exact same products, buying from one source. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and, and the government in their pocket and people in school in their pocket and the doctors in their pocket. Yeah. Electrolytes. That's what I'm saying. It's like plants love electrolytes. That's what it is. It's like Gatorade. It's like the drink. I can't remember what the drink's called, but I know you don't watch TV, but I would watch Idiocracy. It's actually pretty funny. I'll tell my girlfriend to watch it and then tell me about it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Cliff Notes or something. Yeah. Well, I'll watch, I'll watch a trailer on, on YouTube on it or something like that. Um, I think we could do another 15 minutes if you want. Cool. And I know I'm interested in talking about tesofensine. Um, and I know that uh, tesofensine, if you're a researcher, you could find it on the triggeredbrand.com. Um, and this one's really interesting to me. And I kind of want to, I actually want to take this. Um, from what I've read, it's a, a nootropic or somewhat of a nootropic uh, compound. And from what, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from what my understanding is that it's a mitochondrial decoupler similar to the same idea as DNP, where it breaks down the mitochondria and causes your body to like use energy but it's more of like a, a sniper effect as opposed to a shotgun effect. Could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I, I think you're talking about BAM 15. Um, I thought it was tesofensine as well. Uh, tesofensine does have some freaking awesome effects on, on, on fat loss. Right. And as, and it's like from a nootropic and overall like health, I'm going to use the word supplement, but like guys, we're not fucking doctors here. Um, and, it is BAM 15 is like DNP, right? But it's, okay. it's far more, it's far more targeted. It's a DNP, uh, a mitochondrial uncoupler, right? So it's basically like keeping your car in first gear and still going 30 miles an hour. It's less efficient. So you use more gas. Uh, basically you burn a lot of fat. This would be a crazy stack on a tangent. Cause I do want to, I do want to get into tesla fencing, but think about this uh, DNP or BAM 15 semaglutide, a small dose of semaglutide per week, Teso, tesofensine, which works differently than semaglutide uh, daily, AOD daily as well. That <laughs> is like the holy grail for fat loss on, on, on a healthier side because you don't have like the negative effects of DNP well, if you're using BAM-15 on there. But teso, tesofensine is a um serotonin dopamine and noradrenaline reuptake inhibitor so when we make neurotransmitters in our body or estrogen or anything our body like recycles that shit right and then it goes away and if we reduce or clog the doorway that that shit leaves our body then serotonin dopamine and noradrenaline the levels increase in our body so Tesofensine has this effect. I've been researching with it for maybe two weeks now, five days a week uh, on and two days a week off. I do feel like I notice a difference. Uh, I'm taking a, a smaller dose, 
Uh, I started with, a, I think, 250 micrograms for a week or five days, and then I switched to 500 micrograms, which is like seems to be the most effective dose that, that I've seen in the literature. And I'm, I'm liking it. It does also reduce your appetite. Maybe that's another reason why I've only had one meal today and why I was like, damn, I'm, I'm down to like 223 from 246. Um, but I, I feel that I have more energy, but it's not more energy in the sense like jittery or like I took a, a, a Red Bull or something. It's more so like you just, there's a heightened sense of awareness, I guess you could say, uh, 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 just in general, there's a slight increase in your sense of well-being like testosterone, but like a fucking like way, way, way muted compared to testosterone. Um, I'm definitely enjoying it right now. I don't plan on stopping research for at least a while. I'm going to try it for three to six months because I've heard things related to dopamine or serotonin because this works differently than like an SSRI. Uh, SSR is far more like targeted or more like uh, like sniper-like, I guess you could say, because it's a drug. So this way they changed it. So it's more like a drug where this is a, a more mild relative to SSRIs and things like that with serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors or whatever they're called. Uh, I'm really liking the results of it so far. And what did the studies show about tesofensine? I mean, what is the mechanism of action? Because it sounds more of like an antidepressant, anti-anxiety, in the, at least in that realm with the reuptake inhib inhibition and all that. I mean, what's the mechanism of helping you lose weight? Because I need every little bit that I can. Uh, so I think that there was a study with like 200 people. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this one. Given its ability to increase dopamine levels, tesofensine was originally developed for the treatment of Parkinson's disease. During trials, however, a significant side effect of weight loss was consistently noted. Because the compound proved to be inferior to existing medications in the treatment of neurodegenerative disease, but nearly twice as effective in promoting weight loss as an existing compound in the market. The decision was made to pivot to weight loss trials. Um, and the basically the combination of those three neurotransmitters, let me see if there's a section here. Okay, here we go. So how effective is tesofensine when it comes to weight loss? A phase 2B clinical trial, which is the one we just, I think we just looked at that for AOD, yeah. AOD, yeah. Like Australia again. Yeah. And I, I don't remember where, where this was located, but there's a phase 2B clinical trial results uh, indicate that tesofensine produces about 12.8 kilograms, 28 pounds, 28 pounds. That's a lot of weight loss over six months when administered at one milligram dose to people who have uh, 300 calorie deficit in their diet. So this is on a study where people were in a caloric deficit, right? But um, I didn't read through the, the 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 study to see what the placebo is. But what they say here is when compared to placebo, this is a six-fold increase in weight loss oh, wow. when you compare the two of those. Com yeah, that's, compared pretty, that's pretty definitive. I mean, shit. Yeah, correct. That's like, interesting. Very interesting. interesting that like in this year, a lot of like semaglutide got popular, Munjaro, which is called like teresipad, or I can't remember the name. 
tesofensine, like, like all these like medicines that aren't just like straight stimulants and appetite suppressants are coming out. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I remember I've heard really good things about tesofensine. I just don't know much about it. I know semaglutide's real hot, but semaglutide's expensive. Um, I know there's other avenues, you know, to look for research at least. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. There, there was um, so like, what is nor noradrenaline, right? If we understand noradrenaline, right? Let's take Isn't that just adrenaline. Uh, noradrenaline, uh, also known as is a neurotransmitter hormone, it plays an important role in the body's flight or fight response. So, if I was like jumped into your fucking room right now with a gun and I was like, "Give me all your money," and started screaming at you, like your your levels are going to skyrocket, right? Yeah. And and what what happens when that happens? Your heart rate goes up, right? So there was a study where they did see a slight increase in your heart rate um, from this. And because your, your body's like at a, at a higher, this is, this is probably why I feel more like I have a little bit more energy, right. By utilizing research, researching with this um, because it play it plays a role in the fight or flight response kind of thing. Now, what they did notice here, in there was one study, there, additional evidence in men in the testofensine arm of the study expended almost 5% more energy while they slept than in the placebo group. So hmm. think, about, think about that for a second. You have something that can help suppress your appetite, has nootropic benefits related to it, and it can actually increase your metabolic rate. So your metabolic rate. Like, so if I'm just sitting here or if I'm laying in bed, I'm going to burn a certain number of calories, right? Given my size and my, a little bit based on your activity, but basically if I'm just resting, I burn so many calories, this increase that. So say if your total metabolic like need for the day is 2000 calories and now a 5% increase is what hundred calories. So you go from 2000 to now 2100 and if that was your maintenance level now you're effectively in a deficit well dude that's burning an extra 700 calories a day or a week and that's at 2000 so let's be realistic i mean 150 calories a day times seven days it's a thousand and fifty calories a day or a week thousand and fifty calories extra burned a week you times that by 52 Fifty-four thousand six hundred calories just from taking an extra medicine. So that's apparently twenty-eight point six pounds or whatever the hell it is. That's pretty wild. And and it, and it, that's only one part of the answer too, though, because it also is suppressing the appetite. And they don't with some of these things like BPC, even right. They don't fully understand all the mechanisms and how they work, right? So if you take what you just said, right, fifty-four thousand calories additional burn just from the increase in the metabolic rate yeah. and we know that um a pound of fat is around 3500 calories right so fifty-four thousand divided by 3500 is 15 pounds yeah right? so that's uh, there's other mechanisms at which this works too yeah and, but, which is interesting but think about this tesla fencing stacked with aod 9604 right very interesting combo. There's so many cool things that are, that are out there that they just want to change so that they can make them patentable and and then start raping people on how much they charge for this stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
I think we got one more question. I thought this was interesting because we can ask. My friend's coach gets all his male clients to use progesterone cream via scrotal application. He says it is the missing link for libido and mental health thoughts. So here's my thought process without even without even talking about hormones and everything. If this was if this guy found the secret super duper secret thing to libido, I mean, do you honestly think that no one else would have picked up on this by now? I mean like you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there, there's hundreds of hormone clinics. There's hundreds of doctors looking at this. There's a bunch of guys on gear. There's a bunch of guys that do stuff like this. If he found like the super, super magical, you know, oh, don't worry about anything else. It's just progesterone cream on your balls. That's what no one else knows about. I think people would have figured that out by now. I mean, the Internet's a big place. Information moves quick. Just my thought. Uh, Definitely for women. Um, I know it's it's very helpful for women. Um, you think they should put progesterone on their balls? Well, uh, for, <laughs> I know that progesterone is is helpful for sex drive, and yeah. for, like men virtually have very low levels of progesterone. Now, the other thing, Peter. Uh, so Peter Wrangler here, who asked uh, the question. Um, thank you for that. I I mean, like that would be something that like in this community, like I would test. Right. Yeah. I would, I would, I would personally would test this and see, uh, progesterone cream by actually putting on my cock. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying it, there's no reason, there's no reason it couldn't work. I'm just saying, I don't think it's just like the default, like this guy found the secret and like, it's, you know, no one else knows about it yet. That's just my thought. I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about progesterone on men because men bir- virtually have like no, uh, progesterone we like we don't we don't we have like microscopic levels of progesterone relative yeah. to women so i mean that's and libido i mean we're getting close to an hour but i mean libido is one of those things i see guys post about all the time you know oh i just i've been on trt for six months i have no libido you know what I, real quick i'm on 250 milligrams of sustenon that i got from england because i travel there all the time and you know what for the past month or so i would say my libido has been pretty low and you know why it's been pretty low? Because I'm fucking working my ass off and I'm tired. That's why. It's nothing to do with my testosterone levels. I'm fucking tired. So when I get done doing this and I've been working, I've been at the gym at six this morning and it's seven o'clock at night and I've been working all day. First thing I'm not doing is walking out, showering and trying to romanticize the old lady. I'm going to go eat some fucking chicken, watch some YouTube and then probably crash out on my couch because I'm tired. TRT is not like, it's not God juice, you know, it's people still get tired on TRT. There's bodybuilders that sleep. It's just the way it is. Yes. No, that's, that's a good, like the psychological thing. Like we like to talk about the chemistry, but the psychological piece, I don't think we talk about enough because there's plenty. I mean, like, I don't know, I got up at six something this morning and I've been basically sitting at my desk most of the day here working. And it's 6.30 at night, and we're, we're going to be done here, and I still have more stuff I need to do. I'm going to go eat something, and then I'm going to come back and fucking sit down and do some more shit on my computer. Um, Peter mentions uh, progesterone converts to uh, allopre... Like, allo, you want to Google that real quick? Allopregnaglone. And uh, <laughs> see what that actually is. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Ouch, shit. I don't, I don't. I don't know what that is, Peter. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm super curious though, and I will be looking into this because I don't actually. Oh know boy, we're is. going down a rabbit hole. Al, <laughs> Preg, Nanolone. I think it's Preg Nanolone, but 
Okay, found it on on neuromodulator. Is a naturally, naturally occurring neurostere, which is made from the body hormone progesterone as a medication referred to, sold under the brand name, used to treat postpartum depression. Interesting. Side effects, sedation, sleepiness, dry mouth, hot flashes, loss of consciousness. <laughs> interesting. It's interesting. Uh, this is the rabbit hole that we could go down through for a whole nother episode. But this is, hey, Peter, thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing this. There's in, the emerging roles. So this is from 2013. The emerging roles of neurosteroids in sexual behavior and function. The abstract, this is the, the last thing I'll read on this. Although gonadal and adrenal steroids heavily impact sexual function at the level of the brain and the central nervous system, uh, also produces its own steroids. De novo, that, what does de novo mean? Uh, Shit, you got me, brother. Uh, <laughs> from the beginning, okay. I guess is what it was. That may also regulate sexual behavior and reproduction. Current evidence points to important roles for neurosteroids in sexual and gender typical behavior control of ovulation and behaviors that strongly influence sexual interest and the motivation like aggression, anxiety, and depression. At the cellular level, neurosteroids act through stimulating rapid changes in excitability and direct activation of membrane receptors and neurons. Thus, unlike peripheral steroids, like like uh, estrogen and um, testosterone, um, neurosteroids can be have an immediate and specific effect on sex on select neur neuronal pathways to regulate sexual function. This came up as one of the search things related to uh, that. So uh, the dude might 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 know something. I would be curious to look more into this. I tell you uh, what I'm going to do. I am going to get some up. progesterone cream. I'm going to rub it all over my lady balls. I'm going to grab my rainbow colored unicorn dildo and I'm going to spend some quality time. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know. And you guys can find that on Pornhub. All you got to do is look for that. <laughs> Too much task. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up, guys. Um, this is episode 39. Again, this is sponsored by the Triggered brand. So check out that for any research stuff that you're looking to do. I'm going to do a quick flex just so I can look back and just see where I'm at. So yeah. and I'll show Sam too. I've <laughs> got a big old bruise. Look, Sam got to show me up. But, um, but anyway, um, check out all the stuff on social below in the description on any of the platforms. Uh, once again, Triggered Brand, check out Sam and myself on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, and I'll let Sam... Uh, <laughs> No, that's it. That, that, that's it. We're, we're, we're fucking done here. We went over all sorts of crazy shit today. If you guys like this, though, have a second. If you're still here, though, at this point, take a second. Tell somebody else about Too Much Test Podcast on, like, the podcast platforms. That would be helpful for us uh, if you enjoy the show. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Thursday live here on YouTube, um, and we'll have more weird and funny shit to talk about at that point. Appreciate you guys, and I will talk to you soon.